0: You're listening to The Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of theparkboard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Arik, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore, the publisher of The Bark Board. And Jackson, what a turnaround at home for the Bulldogs since the last showing they had here uh, at uh, Valley Children's uh, Stadium. It was quite a difference from the first time.
1: Yeah, I mean, even in the previous three wins, there was always some stuff you could nitpick, I mean, the defense didn't play as good as we thought they would at Purdue. I mean, the whole team didn't play quite up to what we expected to get against Eastern Washington, and of course at Arizona State, as great as the defense was, the offense struggled only scoring two touchdowns, so to get to this Kent State game and just to see everything click all at once, all game long, I mean, there's what, one or two defensive drives with maybe a breakdown here or there, but other than that, I mean, they played a perfect game. The fans were into it, and it was just a the The all around game you wanted to see from this team that gives you confidence that they won't have another Eastern Washington slip up. So uh, you know hopefully that's the case. I mean, it sure looked like they resolved all the question marks against Kent State, and we'll see if they can keep that rolling.
0: absolutely. it was it turned out to be quite uh, the experience for the Bulldog fans here uh, being able to see Fresno State pretty much uh you know capitalize on almost every single possession they had um and and really uh were able to kind of shut down Kent State although they had a, a few opportunities to to get into the end zone they were driving but uh I think a lot of them were, were self-inflicted uh, penalties that just ultimately just put them out of range um I mean the Am I off, Jackson? That looked like the defense really was was stepping up and uh, and got and got a little bit of help from Kent State.
1: Yeah, I mean they came right out of the gates and had the two dominant three and outs, and then Kent State started to to figure things out and, and get a couple drives going. They had the touchdown and the field goal early on, and then there was the turnover on downs before halftime and by the time they touched the ball again that was like 43 to 10 so uh, you know they had to play from behind a little bit you know that's not a passing attack that's equipped for much of that so um, i mean they had a, a little burst there in the first half but other than that i mean the defense really held its own and uh, i mean defended everything that was coming at them so and again it always helps when the offense is playing like that i mean seven touchdowns on their first seven drives i mean that's that's just unreal no matter who you're playing
0: yeah, Fresno State was able to really uh, put uh, put the points up and really get things going. And because of that, uh, they were rewarded this past week, right, Jackson? I mean, they're, for the first time in, in some time, they're, they've they cracked the top 25. And so tell everybody where they're at right now uh, as far as the, the polls are concerned.
1: Yeah, so the coaches' poll came out first on Sunday. The Bulldogs were one spot out at 26, and it's interesting because they've been ranked higher in the coaches' poll all season long in terms of votes. <laughs> yeah, and so and, and then kind of figured it, they and then they didn't
0: <laughs> get it. I mean, it was weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then you kind of figure that it'll fall short in the AP poll too, and then the poll comes out and the Bulldogs are 25th by the media, which I mean that's the poll that matters most, the one that's used by default. So. Uh, to get ranked. I mean, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, the Bulldogs were only ranked one time last year, and it was the very last poll, which is really, I mean, for as far as Coach Tesfert's concerned, the only one that matters. But um, first time in season they've been ranked since 2021, and we saw this team get ranked in 18 and 17 at times. So uh, it's not uncharted territory by any means for Fresno State now in the the router era of Bulldog football, but. Um, <laughs> it is something kind of talking to the players and and the coaches as well you know a lot of the players were around in 2021 when the Bulldogs beat UCLA and got all the hype and got ranked and that didn't last very long and uh, within a couple of games they had the upset loss at Hawaii and even though they won 10 games they fell short of the conference championship game so a lot of players on this year's team were here for that and went through that and I don't think they really care all that much that they're ranked, which is probably good news for Bulldog fans because um, you know, there's historically the rankings haven't lasted all that long before that you know upset game happens somewhere within a couple of weeks. So you know, hopefully this team does not go through the same fate
0: yeah absolutely i mean uh to get into the top 25 is always fun to watch uh to get the bulldogs there the 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 hard part is staying in the top 25 uh, because now uh, it becomes a target for every team that uh, fresno state's going to face from this point on out Uh, i mean i've already been noticing some chatter on the boards uh not only by uh by Boise State fans but also by San Diego State fans. I mean they 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 just recently <laughs> had a game go against each other and now both of them are are thinking, "Huh, we can we can get the Bulldogs." So uh, things are about <laughs> to get interesting as the season progresses, don't you think, Jackson?
1: Yeah, and you know, the the target is growing, but there there was already a target being the defending champions, of course everyone wants to to knock off Fresno State, but being ranked just means something extra. I mean, to, to get a ranked win's a big deal for, especially for a Mountain West team. And the Bulldogs got to go through eight of them now without <laughs> falling to any of them. So they're, they're all going to bring it. You know, even a team like Nevada, who frankly just does not look very good, uh, is going to have a chip on its shoulder. And these games seem to get nasty between presto State. Um, so um, you know, there's going to be a lot of that this season. And uh, we know Coach Tedford's the right guy to have this team mentally equipped to handle it weekend and week out.
0: Yeah, and and with uh, some really early bowl projections, putting the the uh, Bulldogs in into a uh, into you know uh, one of those BCS games. Um, that's uh, a <laughs> that's a lot of pressure for the Bulldogs, don't you think, Jackson?
1: Yeah, you know, they can still get there if they stumble, I think. But, you know, it's all relative to who the best conference champion is of the group of five to get one of those New Year's Six Bowl games. Right now, Fresno State is in pole position. They're the only group of five school that's ranked. And so uh, if they take care of their business, they'll be in one of those games. It would most likely be the Fiesta Bowl or the Cotton Bowl this year. And geographically, the Fiesta Bowl would make more sense for them to be paired up there. So, um, I mean it's not just the conversation right now. I mean, they are in first place for that opportunity and we'll see if they can pull it off. You know there's been years in the past where they've been in this position and it didn't work out. So I know a lot of bulldog fans aren't necessarily getting their hopes up too high, but, um, again, with this setup, I mean, even if they do stumble, they could end up being the top ranked group of five team. If they win the mountain West, at 12 and one or something like that at the end of the year. So, um, they're in a good spot right now, and I mean that's all we can ask for.
0: Yeah, it's uh right now the Bulldogs are in pole position so they just got to figure out how to stay there um and and continue to win out but uh but let's take a look at you know their their last week's win and the keys that the that really ultimately led to the Bulldogs winning and you know we have to start off with with how good Mikey Keene looked. Uh he came out firing. Uh he if I'm not mistaken Jackson, I think that he had almost 300 yards by halftime. <laughs> So, uh, am I mistaken? I, I thought I, I could have sworn I saw that he almost had 300 yards by halftime.
1: Yeah, he finished with 325, which is a, a solid day. <laughs> I know he didn't have to throw the ball too much in the second half, and uh, Logan Fife took about 20 snaps by the time it was all said and done. Uh, they got to get Keane off the field by the end of the third quarter. So, um, I mean, yeah, he did most of his damage early, and it was I mean, an impressive clip, 24-31, threw for four touchdowns. Um, Jalen Gill even came in and threw that touchdown, which ate into Keen stats a little bit, I guess. <laughs> he would have gotten the opportunity to throw that one, but um, I mean, yeah, just a solid day. For me, it all starts with the offensive line. I mean, the pass protection was great all day long. Not a lot of pressure coming Keen's way, which has not been the case for the three games before that where Keen was having to deal with a whole lot of pressure. Uh, I think that matchup served Fresno State very well, where Kent State's defense is little more uh simple and not as aggressive as some of the teams they faced already and uh, but you still didn't know i mean was this offensive line going to be able to straight up be able to protect them um based off of the struggles this year and, and they did prove that so that was good to see there weren't the holding penalties like we've seen in the last couple of weeks that really set the offense back so i think just simply having time to throw and not getting pushed back 10 yards every now and then with penalties just made this offense quick in a way that they've been hindered a little bit the last couple of weeks. And then uh, Jalen Moss (laughs) really impressed me. Uh, The guy that as a highly ranked recruit last year. You know, we kind of expected this would come early in his career. But, I mean, the type of touchdown catch he made in the end zone was awesome. And just, uh, I mean, a play that you don't normally see a redshirt freshman make. And to go for seven catches for 120 yards over the course of the game, a, a breakout day for him, that was really cool to see. Uh, especially since Eric Brooks has been commanding so much of the the target so far this season, so if the Bulldogs have another uh, reliable receiving option, even though Moss is just a redshirt freshman, he's really proven it early.
0: Oh no, I I completely agree. It looks like the the other wide receivers are starting to get uh, a footing and in this offense, and and are really starting to show up. Uh, which only is only going to help Eric Brooks in the long run, uh, because if 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 the other receivers can start to get going, that's going to loosen up some of the coverage on Brooks, and then he's off to the races again. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's really it's going to open up this playbook, and it's really going to help out Mike, Mikey Keene get uh, get comfortable throwing the ball around. Uh, but I think the 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 most important part is while everybody else is focusing on the uh, the passing game, maybe that running game is going to get going, Jackson. And it looked like they were starting to kind of get their groove going in this past game.
1: Yeah, I think having Sherrod healthy and having that one-two punch with him and Gilliam, it, it's looking like it's a, a good recipe. Um, Sherrod, 71 yards on 10 carries. Uh, I mean, with all the things that the Bulldogs did through the air, it's kind of easy to forget that he had those kinds of numbers, but he, he was pretty solid in there. Gilliam as well. I mean, punched in two touchdowns and even through the touchdown on that quick play. So, and the two of them had already looked pretty comfortable Sherrod, especially getting healthy and being in there. It's nice to see him contribute in a way that we expected and hadn't quite seen over the first couple of weeks with his injury. So uh, I, I think those two are in good shape and, um, Again, it kind of starts with the what happens up front with the O line. If they're able to, to run block, these two guys are proven that they're well equipped to to take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, and and if the you know if they can get the if the if the passing game keeps going the way it's going, it's going to open up more opportunities for that running game to get loose. And then once the running game gets going, it's going to open up more opportunities opportunities for the passing game and it just it just keeps going back and forth (laughs) so it's going to be it's going to be a great kind of a thing for the Bulldogs as they start to get their offense geared up and going Um, but none of this is going to matter if they can't stop anybody but it looks like the defense uh, the last three weeks Jackson have been money Um, they've been able to just go out there and just kind of shut down things.
1: Yeah. I mean, they had the one, basically the one big pass they gave up to Kent State that went for 40 yards. That was 40 of their 102 passing yards on the day. So it uh, was just a blip of, over the course of 60 minutes. But um, I mean, yeah, especially a cornerback considering Azilian Hamilton actually got the start at cornerback over Cam Lockridge and played most of the game. You know, that's the thing, uh, the development we weren't prepared for going into the year. And you know, banking a lot of the defense's success on how good Carlton Johnson and Lockridge have been together. So it's nice to see Hamilton be able to step in and, and take on some extra duty here. Um, but the front seven, I mean, they just did their thing all day long. Um, six tackles for loss. They didn't get any sacks, but again, they're applying quite a bit of pressure. Uh, their quarterback, Michael Alimo I mean, he was on the run a lot. Not a lot of it really by design. Uh, I mean, I'm down there on the field taking photos, and I just have a A ton of pictures of like several different defensive linemen chasing them across the field. Guys that uh, are barely in the the box score are featured on these photos taking running after the quarterback. So, I mean, just a bunch of different guys are contributing and on defensive front. And then Malachi Langley and Lavelle Bailey are doing their thing. I mean, the safeties played great. Dean Clark has really led the way replacing Evan Williams so far. So, uh, the defense uh, first couple of weeks were a little rocky but now they're settled in they look just exactly what we expected them to look like at this point
0: yeah and if they keep things going the way that, that they're going they're going to be able to uh, really uh, give the offense more opportunities on the field and that's exactly what we want with this with this offense the way it's starting to click uh, so um, yeah things are looking good so far and uh, uh, and what they were able to do against Kent State really uh, really kind of set the tone going into this week against Nevada. Uh, but before we start going into that into that game, um, let's take a look at also the last piece of the puzzle and that's special teams Jackson and it looks like they are improving not only on kicks but also kick returns. Uh, what's your take on what you saw this past week?
1: Yeah. Uh, one-unit didn't even get on the field that was the punt unit. The Bulldogs did not punt one time. Well, that's a good uh, thing. Coach Tedford was. Yeah, so definitely. Coach Tedford was asked about that this week, and he said that Carson King should be well rested for this week. <laughs> <laughs> he, he got a little bit of a vacation. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Tedford meant as to, to be humorous, but we all got a good laugh out of that comment. <laughs> and so, um, uh, looking around, I mean, Dylan Lynch only got asked to kick one field goal after kicking seven the previous week, and he made it from 40 yards out was perfect on extra points um Jalen gill you know we haven't quite seen them break one on the kicking returning game but um i mean he's had kind of a, a decent average so far and then uh the bulldogs i mean they haven't been given a lot of punt opportunities to return uh even when they are forcing punts um i talked to coach baxter today actually about his thoughts on the return game and he said that uh he, he gave the analogy of that. His punt return unit has not been given a, a strike to swing at quite yet. So uh, there's been a lot of short punts, a lot of out of bounds near the sidelines, a lot of high ones. So uh, he, he's feeling pretty good that once they do get a nice one with some room to run, that they'll make something happen. It just hasn't quite panned out yet.
0: Yeah, so uh, hopefully, um, Coach Baxter will be able to kind of get the return game going a little bit more, and 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 allowing the Bulldogs to to kind of uh, do something on the return game because, in the past, the the stadium really got rocking when uh, when there was long kick returns long punt returns and then you could feel the whole atmosphere of the of the stadium just start rocking even more so I'm kind of I'm kind of looking for that to start happening uh, like it used to in the old days so maybe maybe coach Baxter will have some things up his sleeve coming soon so we'll we'll see um but That now brings us to our matchup heading into this weekend, and that's Fresno State takes on Nevada here in Fresno. And uh, like you mentioned earlier, Jackson, Nevada really hasn't looked all that great so far this year. In fact, I think they have the longest losing streak in college football right now, don't they?
1: Yeah, they do, which is, Almost a scary storyline. I think a lot of Fresno State fans are cringing when they see this
0: <laughs> come Connecticut, up because, Connecticut all over again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and Nevada comes in with 14 straight losses. Fresno State enters with 13 straight wins. Second longest winning streak in the country. And as you mentioned, Nevada with the worst losing streak in the country. And what gets it a little bit worrisome is that you know Nevada came out and was just absolutely terrible the first two weeks. They got destroyed at USC, as you would assume they would. But uh, to come home and play Idaho and lose 33-6 to to an FCS opponent, it just seems like, I mean, screams that, that that's a bad team for Nevada. Uh, but they've kind of bounced back. I mean, they played Kansas the next week, played them very tough. That's now a ranked Kansas team. It was only 31-24. to It was close the whole game up until Kansas' last score to put it away. Um, then they go to Texas State, a Texas State team that opened the season with a win against Baylor. And uh, I mean, they were up 17 nothing at halftime and then just totally fell apart in the second half, gave up a couple fumbles and ended up losing that game 35-24. So, you know, if you look at the last two weeks, they've had stretches of play that should be competitive against Fresno State. But the course of their four-game season, it still averages out to be pretty bad. Um, and you look at the analytics and, you know, the, the spurts they've had against Kansas and Texas State have not been enough to lift some of those grades and stats and percentages that show over the course of the season. So, you know, for me, it's just all about what Nevada team is going to show up. Is it going to be the ones that put some pressure on Kansas and have that good first up against Texas state, or is it going to be the terrible team we've seen for most of the season? Uh, I would throw in there. I got to see Idaho uh, play a little bit more closely when they went to Cal and I was very impressed by Idaho. Uh, They were up 17, nothing on Cal and, Sac State, who beat Sanford, uh, Sac State and Idaho just played last week, and that game went down to the very wire. So, I mean, between Idaho and Sac State and Eastern Washington, I, I think some of these SDS schools are just legitimately as talented as the Nevadas and New Mexicos and those types of teams in the Mountain West. So, um, maybe don't crush Nevada as bad for losing the way they did to Idaho, but um, they definitely have looked better since then.
0: Yeah, and... um the way Nevada usually comes in uh, here to Bulldog Stadium and, and really just makes you scratch your head sometimes. They could have the worst team, and then they show up, and it's like a Super Bowl team. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with Nevada. Uh, they seem to have uh, Fresno State's number, kind of like what UNLV usually does when they come to town. It, 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 they really put a hurting on the Bulldogs until late into those games. Um, are you seeing maybe... A little bit of the same, where uh, the Bulldogs are are going to let them kind of hang around for for quite a while in this game.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, this, <laughs> putting the, you on the spot here. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's like with Kent State. I, I thought that they could have been capable of making that a game, and that they maybe were a little bit good enough on defense to give Fresno State some troubles on offense, and it just it never played out, and so. I, I feel like it's going to be a similar case this week. I'm going to dig into the Nevada film some more, and I feel like you know there's going to be some common themes where it's you see what Nevada did against their last two opponents, and if they can replicate that at all, they should be able to make this competitive. But you know, if Fresno State comes out and plays their A game, it's not going to matter. I mean, the defense is playing so great. Um, Nevada's going to present some different uh, challenges with their offense that the Bulldogs haven't seen quite yet. So, you know, he always... Keep in mind that that might create a couple of big plays. Um, But the way the Bulldogs are also clicking on offense coming off the Kent State win, I don't think there's that much talent or schemability by Nevada's defense to give Fresno State a ton of problems. I feel like this is going to be another lopsided win. I feel pretty good about that. And it's a matter of... It's going to be hard for Fresno State to play as perfectly as they did against Kent State, but also keep in mind the Bulldogs had no takeaways against Kent State, and if Nevada turns the ball over a couple of times, you know, then it could get even uglier than the Kent State game did. So, I think it's going to be a little bit tighter than last week, with the option of getting uglier if there's a lot of turnovers.
0: Yeah, and if they if they come out and look like they did against Arizona State, it could really get ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so um that is definitely something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. It's going to be uh it, it should be a fun matchup and in fact it should be a nice cool weather day for that game, Jackson. It looks like we're going to be in the mid 80s uh by kickoff. Uh if not low 80s. So it's going to be a beautiful day uh, to come out to uh to Bulldog Stadium to to take in this game, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're getting to that time the that- <laughs> it's a little cool out of practice right now this week. And I think even last week, some of the guys had some long sleeves on. So it's, it's definitely turned. And um, I'm looking at maybe even a little bit of a some clouds and maybe a little bit of precipitation over the weekend, it looks like. So yeah. uh, it might even be even cooler.
0: Yeah, they're talking about having uh, a possibility of some showers early in sa- on Saturday, uh, but be clear by the time uh, the game starts. Uh, so um, if you're thinking about heading out, I mean, it's going to be beautiful. So uh, head out to uh, watch the Bulldogs play um, before they, they go out on the road for a couple of weeks. So this is going to be your, your opportunity to, to do so with with good weather before it starts to get a little chilly out there, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, but, you know, Jackson, let's go ahead and let's, let's take a look at this matchup. Let's start off Fresno State's offense taking on uh, Nevada's defense, and how do you see this one panning out?
1: Yeah, um, the way that the Bulldogs are playing and the way Nevada's playing, <laughs> it feels like they're going to keep doing exactly what they've been doing uh, coming off the Kent State win. There's not a lot that scares me about Nevada's defense. Uh, they do run a four-two-five. 2 It is um, usually pretty solid schematically. We've seen some of the games the Bulldogs have played against Nevada have been a little closer than you would expect based off of the way that they do operate that scheme. Um, last year's game, the Bulldogs still put up 41 points, but uh, before that, they had been a lot tighter. Um, but uh, I think the Bulldogs are going to be in good shape. Um, within that 4-2-5 defense, um, Nevada does have a little bit of size up front. They've got a 300-pound uh, six-foot-two nose tackle, but they're going to be small besides him. All the other tackles are basically going to be under 250, uh, they're going to look for speed on the edge with their rushing there. Um, they're going to have a nickelback like Fresno State does on the field for most of the game. So, um, But ultimately, I mean, they have given up quite a bit of points this season. Um, they faced that USC offense, and of course, they didn't have anything available to stop that. But they've given up 30-plus to Idaho, to Kansas, to, to Texas State. Um, Texas State ran the ball on Nevada quite a bit. Their leading rusher had over 200 yards against the Wolfpack. Um, Kansas also put three touchdowns on the board with their lead running back while throwing for 300 yards. So yeah, I think as long as the Bulldogs are balanced, they're going to have a big day on the ground and through the air. And I don't see much derailing that unless, I mean, the offensive line just collapses for some reason. And I don't foresee that happening this game after the way they bounce back against Kent State.
0: Yeah, it's uh it, it it's it's definitely going to be hard <laughs> to to do that uh but uh, I don't know. I, I this is I I it's it scares me a little bit, Jackson. It's like a trap game. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh but, you know, how about on the flip side of things? We've got Fresno State's defense taking on uh Nevada's offense and um the way the Bulldogs' defense has been playing, does Nevada have anything that that can really challenge the Bulldogs?
1: Yeah, this, this side's a little more interesting to me in this matchup. Um, I, I was really excited this you know, off season, and now especially getting into conference play, thinking about how Coach Coyle, defensive coordinator for the Bulldogs, how what a job he did last year, and now he's got this. I mean, this is year two. He's going through Mountain West play. He's seen all these schools already once. He's going to be able to build off of the game plans he installed last year, and Bulldogs are going to have a feel of what they're facing, uh, being the near two of the coil scheme and seeing all these teams again. But I mean, it doesn't really do a fight in Nevada. I mean, this is a team that's built on its backfield. They've got a brand new quarterback. They've got two brand new running backs, and those three guys are handling the ball the large majority of the game. They're running the quarterback a lot. Last year when the Bulldogs went there, they had that six foot eight QB who was more of a Pocket passer, not very mobile. So, I mean, it's almost a completely different offense. And so it's like the Bulldogs are starting over from scratch. And it's an offense that they haven't seen much of this year. They face quarterbacks that are athletic, but they haven't faced really the type of design running like Nevada is going to come at you with. Uh, Brandon Lew- Brendan Lewis is from Colorado. He transferred into the Wolfpack. And he's not only leading the team in passing, but he's also their leading rusher right now. He's got 171 yards on the season on 40 carries. That includes sacks. Uh, so even with sacks, he's still outrunning his two running backs that are back there. Uh, Sean Dollars from Oregon as the lead back. Ashton Hayes from Cal, who's a Reno guy, uh, is also getting a lot of touches. So, I mean, they're going to run a lot of read option, um, a little bit of pistol, but more probably more in the shotgun, uh, some RPO stuff, some... Uh, quarterback designed runs, uh, just some concepts that haven't quite been in play quite yet. Um, not a lot going on for Nevada in the receiving game. Jamal is the only receiver that's really done a whole lot uh, from an individual standpoint. Uh, they do have a tight end, Kalecki Latu, who's from Cal who played quite a bit for the golden bears last year. So a couple of weapons in the receiving game, but it's mostly going to be, uh, I see Fresno state's front seven reading this running game and Reacting to who's keeping the ball, where it's going, and just playing the assignment sound, almost to the extent of an option offense at this point. And if the Bulldogs do that, uh, they shouldn't have much of a problem here. The front seven's been great all season long, uh, but you just never know. You know, these are the types of offenses that can break off a big run if you make the slightest mistake. And so we'll see if uh, there's there's some of that here, or if the Bulldogs just really clamp down on it.
0: Yeah, I mean it, this defense. If it keeps going the direction it's going, it's it's really going to be the uh, what's going to make or break the Bulldogs this season um, as they start going into conference play, um, as they start uh, you know taking on these teams that are very familiar with the Bulldogs because <laughs> that's where things start to get a little bit more tricky is when you start facing teams that face you every single year. They know exactly what's coming. And so uh, the Bulldogs are going to have to adjust and and try and get things uh, settled uh, for uh, the upcoming weeks as uh, as the season progresses. Um, Now, before we move on to Mountain West Conference, uh, uh, what's going around there? How about the special teams? How do these two match up? Is it going to be is this going to be the opportunity that the Bulldogs are going to get to actually break one free?
1: Uh, you know, you hope so. I think it's mostly circumstantial. You know, I'm I'm not sure that previous opponents have been intentionally kicking away from the Bulldogs, considering <laughs> Nico Ramirez is not there anymore, and no one's really proven themselves as a, a big returner. So maybe it's just coincidence. Some of these punters haven't gotten a great ball, or they're just uh, generally conservative. But um, Nevada is pretty solid in the kicking game. Their kicker Brandon Talton is four for six on field goals, and the only two he's missed have been from. Plus fifty yards, so you can pretty much count on the Wolfpack being pretty uh, consistent on kicking when they're inside the forty uh, or inside forty-yard field goals. And um, yeah, you know, other than that, you know, you just wonder if Fresno State maybe has that play up their sleeve. I mean, it's not technically special teams, I guess, but I mean, the two-point conversion out of the extra point team—I guess you would qualify as special teams. They pulled that one off against Kent State, and so I think you're going to see Coach Baxter now with. Teams having more film continue to put stuff like that into the game plan, and maybe they pull one off against Nevada. And It's important that it's not like the trick plays on offense where you're kind of saving it for the right time. It's more matchup-wise where they find a mistake that an opposing team's making and try to exploit it. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's something in the film that shows Baxter he can pull something off against this Wolfpack team.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm hoping that, you know, something something happens and they break one. That'll be interesting to watch and get this game rolling here at uh, Valley Children's Stadium. Now, that's the matchup so far for this week where the Bulldogs are taking on Nevada. Now, that puts the Bulldogs right now at 4-0 overall in um in their overall schedule. Now, there's only one other team that's undefeated so far, and that's Air Force at 4-0 as well. So Fresno State and Air Force looks like they're the ones right now in the driver's seat uh, going head-to-head so far uh, as to who is going to come out on top in the uh, conference right now. But now, now you start throwing in conference play into the mix, and that's where things will start to shake things up a little bit because now uh just because you're you're undefeated in non-conference play it now switches gears to conference record first and then conference play second right Jackson that's usually how that works now so yeah, you so could technically go oh you can go f- 4 and 0 oh, and then <laughs> and and then lose every yeah. game in the conference
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely so It's all about conference play for the standings, and really the overall is only going to come into play for who might host the championship game, which is important because, as mentioned, Fresno State and Air Force are both undefeated right now, but Fresno State has the advantages in the polls, and there's no reason that should change over the course of the season if the Bulldogs keep winning. Um, But I did get to see Air Force uh, in person Uh, on Friday, I went up to San Jose State, Cover San Jose State and Air Force before coming back into town for the Bulldog Kent State game. And man, the Air Force is, uh, they're as much of a, of a machine as they've ever been. Uh, they were down 20 to 10, and then they went on a run where they got 40 out of 44 snaps over like 30 minutes of game time. I mean, they went on a long drive before halftime, then they got the ball to start the third quarter, then they forced a three and out. I mean, it was just ridiculous how they changed that game simply by running. Three, four, or five yards at a time. So, um, I mean, I don't know if this is the best Air Force team I've seen by any means, but they're certainly equipped enough to take it to some of the better teams in the Mountain West, as they did against San Jose State, as they did against Utah State. Already, they're already two and zero in conference play. So, um, thankfully, the Bulldogs don't have to see them in the regular season.
0: Yeah, and so far, uh, so what happened last week was these games happened on Thursday. So Fresno State was already, already knew what was going on by the time they got to play. And it was Boise State and San Diego State, Air Force and San Jose State. Uh, Boise State came out on top 34 to 31 against San Diego State, Air Force 45 to 20 against San Jose State. So those, those are uh, four teams that we thought were going to be. Probably some of Fresno State's biggest uh, issues this season, uh, with the exception of Air Force, because Bulldogs don't have to meet them in the regular season this year. Uh, but Boise and San Diego State uh, went, went head-to-head. Boise came out on top uh, just barely against San Diego State. And now um, Boise's kind of beating their chest saying... they're the ones that have to they have to go through right now (laughs) so uh, I I don't know Jackson Uh, does uh, is Boise all that good considering their overall record is two and two
1: yeah you know they had a tough non-conference I mean they had to face Washington who looks even better than their number 10 ranking was at the time of that game Uh, they hosted UCF only lost by a last second field goal but I'm still not really sold on Boise State. I'm not sold on San Diego State either. I think the Aztecs have taken a step back, and um, so the fact that those two teams played a close game uh, doesn't tell me a whole lot about either of them. I think they're both a bit down. Um, so we'll see. Before the Bulldogs or before Boise State gets to Fresno in November, uh, they're going to have to face Memphis this week. They're going to have to play against Wyoming uh, late in October, the week before Fresno State. So. I think we'll get a better idea of how good or not this Boise State team is. Um, typically, they figure things out by November. So my guess is that they're going to be better uh, in November when they come to Fresno than they are right now. But as they stand right now, I'm not overly impressed. And I think that win over San Diego State not as impressive as it would be in a normal year.
0: Well, it, it either tells you two things. It, it either tells you uh, both of these offenses are really good or both of these defenses are really bad. <laughs> um they, you know they ended up 34-31 so you know, again i you know i can't say too much cuz fresno state did end up uh uh going into double overtime against eastern washington but you know it it, it it's all relative pretty much uh, so far this year uh then you had air force who just took control of that game against san jose state and uh Air Force right now, I am i mean, they're looking pretty dang good.
1: Yeah, that, that offense is, you know, they've changed the rules so that the clock runs a little bit faster. It doesn't stop on you know, the, the same amount of time as it does for going out of bounds or on first downs anymore uh, until the last couple of minutes of each half. So, I mean, they're not only doing what they normally do, but they're milking the clock a lot more than they normally do as well. So it's all factoring in a little bit. Their defense was decent, but I mean, that offense is tough to prepare for. And I mean, they, they just really got on a roll and San Jose state couldn't do anything about it. But I think I did see a few things. I mean, the Spartans played better early in the game before one of their defensive tackles got hurt. So it does make me think Fresno state with a four man front with the type of tackles they have could create some problems for the Falcons if that matchup were to come in the conference championship game. And, um, you know, that's, that's my hope, uh, moving forward until I get to see the Falcons again.
0: Now, some of the other matchups that happened are uh, last week, you have New Mexico uh, ended up winning in overtime against UMass. You've got uh, Wyoming um, barely squeaking one out against Appalachian State. Uh, Colorado State uh, defeating um, Middle Tennessee 31-23. You've got Nevada uh, losing to Texas State 35-24 uh Utah State losing to James Madison 45 to 38. Uh and then UNLV takes care of business against UTEP uh 45 to 28. Um and then New Mexico State and Hawaii Hawaii barely takes that one at 20 to 17. Um any any head scratchers here Jackson? I I, I think there's a couple.
1: <laughs> yeah, um you know there was a lot of non-conference matchups against some uninspiring opponents, but uh, the ones that I was really interested in were Wyoming, App State. I thought that was going to be a close game, and it was. And uh, I mean, Wyoming pulling that one off, especially at home. knowing one Fresno State's going to have to go there soon. Seems to you know keep putting more stock into Wyoming's resume that that's going to be a, a really challenging game for Fresno State coming up. And I was also you know looking at UNLV, UTEP, thinking. That the rebels were a lot better uh, I saw the betting line was like seven points and I was thinking even the UNLV on the road at UTEP, they should be better than that and they did come out up uh, 4528 uh, it was close for a while but the final score was pretty lopsided so I mean and then you look at UNLV's schedule what they've got coming up I mean they have Hawaii Nevada Colorado State I mean it could be a six and one unLV team coming in the Valley Children's Stadium if they'd keep this up and They're looking like a, a tougher task than we anticipated in the preseason.
0: Absolutely. And that uh, UNLV team that we were uh, concerned with a couple of weeks back, um, now we're legitimately concerned with. (laughs) (laughs) So they are looking a lot better than uh, than a lot of people were expecting them to be. Um, And uh, they they could really be a team to be reckoned with uh, later on in the season. And the Bulldogs are going to have to face them at some point. So this is going to be interesting to see. Um,
1: and they've beaten those last two teams, uh, Vanderbilt and UTEP, uh, without their starting quarterback. Doug Brumfield hasn't played much except for the first drive or two against Vanderbilt, which I kind of thought was the only thing they had going for them <laughs> this year. But, uh, I mean, they've been getting it done without him too. So, uh, dangerous team right now, in my eyes.
0: Yeah, that is definitely a dangerous team. Now, another one that – the one that ha- has me kind of scratching my head, Jackson, is Utah State losing to James Madison. Um that one I did not see coming. So I, yeah,
1: you know James Madison. They they haven't had an impressive schedule per se, but they just edged out Virginia and they just edged out Troy. Troy had a pretty good season last year. Uh, I think the head scratcher for the Utah State performance is that they fell behind like thirty one to seven in that <laughs> game, yeah. and so you know by the time they woke up, I mean if they would have played like that all game long, they probably would have won. So. I mean that's just one of those teams. When Fresno State goes there, it's going to be which version of the Aggies are, are Fresno State going to see? Is it you know the one that started off so slow against James Madison Air Force, or is it the ones that you know played pretty respectably the rest of the games against those two teams and scored 78 points on Idaho State? So um, you know, yeah, that's one of those teams you worry about if they just start clicking on a given day that they could be more troublesome than you'd think.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and so that's that's pretty much what happened last week. Now heading into this week, uh, things are gonna things are gonna start to heat up a little bit as we start getting more conference matchups. The first game on the schedule is Utah State taking on UConn in Connecticut, so that one's gonna be interesting. Um, you've got uh, Hawaii traveling to Las Vegas to take on UNLV. Boise State heads to Memphis, Tennessee, to take on Memphis. New Mexico heads to Wyoming for that um, conference matchup. Then you've got Utah Utah Tech heading to Colorado State. Uh, And then, of course, the last of those other games is San Diego State traveling to Air Force. And that right there, Jackson, that could be an intriguing kind of a game. Um, After Boise State and San Diego State ended in a close one, um, this will kind of tell us a little bit more about where San Diego state actually stands, uh, in, in the conference right now, won't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, if they lose that game, I mean, their conference title hopes are just about over. I mean, they will be 0 and 2 in conference play. They will have a four game losing streak. They, you know, you don't have the divisions anymore. So it's a lot harder to climb out of that hole. And I mean, that's the discussion right now in San Diego is, uh, of the fans that do care sounds like they only filled about 15,000 seats against Boise State over the weekend. Um, But, uh, I mean, if they start out 0-2, it's going to be virtually impossible for them to to get in the conference championship game. And I I think they are going to be outmatched at Air Force. I think the Falcons are much better at the line of scrimmage, much more physical. San Diego State's not the running threat they used to be. The passing attack is better, but not great. So uh, I think the Falcons are going to kind of put San Diego State away early.
0: Yeah, and that's uh that's definitely going to uh to be one to watch uh so to speak. Not only to see where San Diego State, uh, you know, their where their strength lays, but also Air Force uh, as to how how they handle San Diego State. I mean, there's it, there's going to be a lot of questions answered on both sides of the ball on this one, um, and uh, you know that's going to help us kind of gauge where Air Force is going to stand uh, later on. Uh, when and i'm just going to say it right now when the bulldogs do face them in the title <laughs> match <laughs> yeah let's let's uh, hope i didn't just jinx that one um then we've got uh let me see what's the next matchup i think that's going to be intriguing um i i don't know that hawaii unlv hawaii unlv game uh even though hawaii struggled i still think they they can give a lot of opposing teams trouble and this will kind of gauge uh UNLV as well if they're able to come out on top and if they're able to do it in convincing fashion that should also put another feather in their hat right right Jackson
1: yeah I think yeah I haven't been quite as impressed with Hawaii as I thought I was going to be this year and I've been more impressed with UNLV than I expected so uh, I expect those two trends to continue and and see UNLV win this one rather convincingly I, I thought it was going to be perceived to be a little closer, but UNLV is favored by 11 here, so I wouldn't be too surprised if it's a double-digit win for the Rebels.
0: Yeah, a double-digit win for the Rebels, uh, and then of course the next one would be Boise State, Memphis. Now they got to travel to Tennessee. That's that's not uh, not always an easy trip to do uh, when you're when you're headed out uh, out east. Is it going to be uh, trouble for uh, the Broncos heading in that direction?
1: You know, I think I think this is one Boise State should win. I'm not totally sold on Memphis. Uh, they played Navy really close. I thought that's a team that they should have beaten by a lot more. Um, and they've beaten Arkansas State and Bethune Cookman pretty good, which I, I don't take a whole lot of stock in. So, uh, but they're coming off of a loss in Missouri, which I think is their most impressive game of the season. Considering uh, the Tigers are four and O and they've had a, a couple of big performances. So. I'd only lose that one by seven in a pretty exciting fashion. I think it tells a little bit more about Memphis than their wins even do. But I think Boise State is, is good enough to handle this road test. And um, you know, this Memphis team just doesn't look quite as good to me as some of their teams have been in recent years. So I think the Broncos, even while they're not as good as I think they normally are, I think they'll win that one.
0: Yeah, uh, that should uh, definitely be be the case in this one uh Boise State is starting to build confidence and not really the what the Bulldogs need at this point but they are starting <laughs> to build confidence um and so if they're able to go into Memphis and win that can convince in fashion uh then Boise and all of their faithful will start to uh really say that they're you know they're pretty much back um and so uh you know hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> so let's let's uh, let's watch and see how that one uh, pans out this upcoming week. Now another game here: New Mexico, Wyoming. Um, Wyoming seemed to have struggled a little bit last week, uh, and they got to take on New Mexico, who really doesn't have much firepower. Is there really going to be much of an issue here for Wyoming, Jackson?
1: No, I don't think so. Other than the fact that. No, Wyoming is just typically not a very explosive team, even when they're at their best. So this score could be tighter than you would think with those two logos playing against one another. But I don't think New Mexico poses much of a threat here.
0: And then, of course...
1: Uh, so, and, and hopefully they don't, because uh, well, another storyline here to point out this week is that Fresno State at Wyoming next week could end up on Fox, Big Fox. Not FS1 or FS2, but Fox, if things work out the right way. Uh, they've got it down to either Fresno State at Wyoming or TCU against Iowa State for that Fox broadcast at 5 p.m. Pacific time next week. So if the Bulldogs and Cowboys take care of business and – uh, TCU and Iowa State don't look all that great this week I mean that's what you want to root for for Preston State to really get that big exposure and then hopefully they take care of business because I mean Wyoming at Wyoming that might be the toughest game on the schedule so hopefully that's not where uh, the run uh, trips up
0: <laughs> yeah and that that would be good news um, for the Bulldogs to to be able to get on the Fox, Fox network so yeah, uh, we need so I guess I guess we're rooting for the Cowboys this week against New Mexico. Um, so uh, yeah, I hate saying it, but yes, we're rooting for the Cowboys this week. Uh, but then there's another game, Utah State takes on Yukon. Uh, uh, you know, Yukon came on last year and and really got things start, uh, headed in the right direction. Is this gonna be another one that's gonna give Utah State some issues?
1: Yeah, I think this game is important for Fresno State's perspective because last week Utah State handed over the reins the quarterback to true freshman McKay Hillstead, a guy that we liked quite a bit at twenty four seven Sports. We gave him an eighty five rating in a three star tier, even though he didn't have many offers. Uh, Washington State wanted him at one point, but otherwise Utah State didn't have to do a lot to to keep the home state recruit home and. Uh, they have a lot of confidence in him, and he threw last week for 400 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, but he also threw three picks and got sacked five times. So, I mean, this is you, you want to kind of monitor how good this kid is, and if, you know he might be able to to make some things happen when Fresno State come to town in a couple of weeks. So, uh, just kind of keep an eye on what the Aggies got going on. Again, <laughs> that's a team that they've got some of the ingredients, and you just kind of hope they don't put it all together before the Bulldogs make that trip there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh definitely hopefully <laughs> we're definitely hoping that Utah State can't keep can't get this going <laughs> uh, especially if uh, jackson and i are going to be making a trip up to utah state It'd be nice to see the bulldogs go up there and just really manhandle them for for a whole uh game so um that is pretty much it i mean only one game i didn't really mention much and that's colorado state utah tech because there's really not much to mention on that one um colorado state really has not looked all that great this year right jackson
1: I mean, no one really expected them to put up a fight against Colorado and I think we learned this week that that Colorado is probably not as good as all the hype was around them, but for the Rams that played that game, what I'm most impressed by is they went through that Colorado game and then had the uh, emotional fortitude to go to Middle Tennessee State and win the next week. So uh, I think that Coach Norvell is doing something right in the locker room, but I still don't think it's an overly talented team. It's not one that scares me a whole lot and they're not on the bulldog schedule anyway, so not giving them too much attention right now.
0: Yeah, not not really one that's we're going to give too much attention to until they until they overtake Air Force uh, at the top there, <laughs> um, and then and then that's going to be a different story. Then we'll talk about them a little bit more, but though those are the matchups heading into this week uh so fresno state has a lot to uh, look forward to and if they especially if they can continue the winning streak they'll start to move up the rankings and uh and really start to solidify their position uh, moving forward as long as they can keep taking care of business throughout the year so uh jackson uh your you know any final thoughts before we start wrapping this one up
1: Um, one other thing that caught my eye, just looking at the next week, uh, six teams have buys in the Mountain West on the 7th. Fresno State is among the the six teams that are playing the three conference games and they're all going to kick off at the same time. So uh, it's going to be an interesting 7th as the Bulldogs go to Wyoming. But first things first, Bulldogs got to take care of business against Nevada and uh, uh, thinking that's going to go according to plan as of right now. Um, But as we speak, uh, my next move is to head over to the North Gym at Fresno State where the Bulldogs are having their first week of basketball practice, both men's and women's teams. We're going to get to talk to the head coaches here this afternoon and uh, get a picture of what's going on with those two teams this offseason. Uh, now that they're entering the preseason, we'll break it down a little bit more as the schedule gets closer, but uh, we'll get a look at them. And then, as always, I encourage you to visit BarkSport.com where – We have a whole bunch of content from the Kent State win, as well as this week's practices. Uh, You and I were both at Saturday's game, as well as Gabe Camarillo, as was Lorenzo Reyna. So we had four reporters on the scene, and we just put out a whole bunch of reports and content and pictures and video highlights and anything you can imagine that you want to see from that Kent State win, we've got it. And uh, also have some updates from practice this week as far as injury news, what's going on behind the scenes right now and that will continue throughout the week where we will dig further into the Bulldogs offensive matchup and defensive matchups against Nevada, break down the individual players and the analytics and the advanced stats that the Wolfpack have behind them, and we'll also break down how they match up recruiting-wise for our VIP subscribers. Uh, if you'd like to join, it's just a dollar for your first month, then give it a shot, and it's also 30% off the whole year if you want to try it that way.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we've got a lot of content, a lot of things going on, and the the premium boards is exactly where you want to be. There's that's where we report most of the best information, um, and sometimes, uh, you know, a couple of weeks before it even hits public news. So, uh, if you want to know the information before others do. That's, that's your most likely uh, place to do it is on the premium board. So uh, Jackson does an uh, excellent job of getting all that information uh, way ahead of other uh, news outlets. So uh, make sure that uh, if you haven't done so already, you head over to the bar for to get that premium subscription. And and uh, really, you'll, you'll just you won't you will not regret it. You'll enjoy uh, getting all that information. Now, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at jacksonmore 247. You can find me on Twitter at Red Wave Report. Uh, head over to our Facebook page. I believe we're, we're close to like 6,000 on our Facebook page. So um, head over there and become one of those community members. And, of course, as always, head over to TheBarkBoard.com where we have both free and premium subscriptions to get all your latest news and info on Fresno State. That being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us and joining us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.